This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, John penned these words, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, for this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. You and I are living in some very strange, unsettling, difficult days. As someone said many years ago, these are times that try men's souls. If there was ever a day, ever a time in your lifetime that you needed to stop and examine your faith, and make sure that your faith is a strong faith, it is in the days in which we live. We, we need faith like that of Abraham, of whom we read in Romans 4, 20 and 21, that he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but, but was strong in faith, giving glory unto God, for he was persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. Abraham's faith in God was unstaggering. And, and it's so important that we have faith. Let me give you some reasons for why we should have strong faith. It's impossible to please God without it. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, it is For without faith it is impossible to please Him. You cannot please God unless you have strong faith. Second, in order that uh, faith is important because we are to live our lives by it. In Romans 1.17, the Bible there reads like this, The just shall live by faith. Third, it is important to have faith because we are to conduct ourselves. And our daily life and our daily walk is to be a walk of faith. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, For we walk by faith and not by sight. But yet a fourth reason that I suggest that faith is important is because you and I are involved in a fight of faith. Listen to Paul in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 12, Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. So we're in a fight of faith. We need strong faith. And you say, well, what is the object of our faith and what are we to believe? First of all, we're to have God as an object of our faith. Let me go back to Hebrews 11 and 6 one more time. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must, listen to him now, must believe that He is. We must believe God exists if we're to please God. God is the object of our faith. Jesus, His beloved Son, is the object of our faith. In John 8, 24, Jesus said, Except you believe that I am He, you shall die in your sins. 
And so we're to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Unless an individual has faith in Jesus Christ, then they're not pleasing to God, and they have no hope of heaven, heaven uh, in the, after a while. You say, but I don't understand something, Brother Lambert. And that is, what is faith? How, how would you define faith? Well, suppose you have began to ask your neighbors that question. You start asking your neighbors that live on your street or your road, well, what is faith? It might be some of them would say, well, faith is trust. And there's a measure in which that is accurate. Someone may say, well, faith is having confidence in someone or in something, and, and that equally has a measure of truth to it. But, but I prefer Bible definitions of faith. And there is a Bible definition of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1. Listen to it. Now faith is. So I know he's going to give a def definition. He's going to explain what faith is. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is believing in the reality of the things you cannot see. And your faith in the reality of things you cannot see is based upon certain evidence or testimony. Someone says, now, Brother Lambert, it's impossible to believe in things if you can't see them. Well, the, the room where you are or wherever you might be, if you're uh, in a motel room somewhere and you're watching this or in your home, there, there's something where you are that you can, that you believe in, but you can't see it, and that's air. Well, what about gravity? I've never seen gravity. I've seen it demonstrated. If it were not for gravity, rather than standing here with my Bible and talking to you right now, I'd be floating around up in the air, and that'd be a rather ridiculous sight, wouldn't it? Faith, there are lots of things we believe in that we've never seen. I, I recall a number of years ago, the, the late Gus Nichols told a story about a, a preacher by the name of Joe Warlick. Brother Joe Warlick not only was a preacher, he was a great debater as well. One Sunday morning, he went down to catch the train. Now, this is kind of going to date this story, isn't it? And he went down to catch the train, and uh, along with Brother Warlick, there was an old man there who claimed he did not believe in God, that is, an atheist. And they were waiting for the train to come in, and along comes a little boy, and that little boy had his Bible in his hand, and he was on his way uh, to Sunday school, and the infidel, the atheist, called out and said, Son, what's that you got in your hand? He said, That's my Bible, sir. Where are you going, son? He said, I'm going to Sunday school, sir. Very polite, young man. Brother, brother this old man said, Well, son... Do you believe in God? He said, yes, sir, I believe in God. He said, son, have you ever seen God? He said, well, no, sir, I've never seen him. Son, have you ever smelled God? He said, well, no, sir, I've never smelled God. He, he said, son, have you ever tasted God? He said, no, sir, I've never tasted him. Have you ever felt God? He said, no, sir, I never have. And, and Brother Nichols said that Brother Warlick stood that just as long as he could, and he finally spoke up and he said, Sir, that's just a lad of a boy. 
you are a man and I'm a man. Sir, you address yourself to me. May I ask you, sir, do you have a mind? He said, well, of course I have a mind. He said, have you ever seen your mind? And he said, well, no. He said, have you ever touched your mind? He said, well, no. Have you ever tasted your mind? Have you ever smelled your mind? And, the, and, the, it is, and Brother Nichols said the, the old atheist voice began to get a little higher each time. So Brother Warlick then made this observation using the same logic that you're using or trying to use to prove that God doesn't exist. Sir, I can prove you have no mind. Faith is believing in the reality of things you cannot see. And our faith in things that we cannot see is based on certain evidence or testimony. I grew up in Middle Tennessee in a town by the name of Columbia, Tennessee. And I recall in one of the street corners in Columbia, there is a home called the Polk Home, James K. Polk Home. And I read that all of my life when I was living there. I never visited the home, and I wondered who is the man. So I read off of the, the plaque they had out in front of the home that at one time he was the President of the United States. Well, I'm not old enough to have believed that he was ever the President of the United States, but you know I believe that. Why? Because I've seen evidence that the man lived. I've seen that evidence. You see, we have evidence for certain things. Our nation at one time was involved in a, in a civil war. Uh, I've never been able to understand how any war could be civil, but that's, what it, that's how we describe it at least. I, I'm not old enough to have lived during the Civil War, but I believe it happened. And one of the reasons I, I believe that it happened, I've been to some of the battlefields where those battles were fought during the Civil War. And I've seen some of the relics that have been left behind, the cannons and, and other artillery. For example, I've been to the battle, place where they fought, fought the Battle of Shiloh, and I've seen the evidence that there was a battle fought there. What about our faith in God? What about our faith in Jesus? What about our faith in the Holy Spirit, our faith in angels, the spirit world? What about our faith in heaven and even our faith in hell? Our faith in what we're not able to see is based on certain evidence. You say, well, what is that evidence? So far as God is concerned, there's an outward, there's outward evidence. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. When we see all of the design there is in our world, it tells us there must be a designer. Now, I might suppose there were hundreds of designers. Were it not for the Bible, I'm indebted to the revealed will of, of God to tell me that there is one God who is above all, through all, and in you all. That that one God made the heavens and the earth in the very beginning of time. Genesis 1 and verse 1. Faith is believing in the reality of what you're not able to see. Faith is the victory that overcomes our doubts. It overcomes skepticism. It overcomes even atheism. Faith is the victory that overcomes. I read somewhere a good while back that this statistic, and I, I don't put a lot of st stock into statistics because they're just about like the stock market. They change every day. So 
But, but this one said, there are 175 million atheists in the world. <laughs> Folks, I don't know how many atheists there are in the world. One is just too many, isn't it? But there are probably a lot more atheists in the world than that. I'm, I'm almost positive of that. I don't know how many atheists there are. But here's what I do know. That there are people who have doubts in their minds. They have doubts in their minds about the reality of God. And they have doubts in their minds about the reality of Jesus, that, that he was actually the Son of God who came into this world in human form and died on a Roman cross and was raised from the dead for the salvation of the human family. They, they have their doubts in their minds about the angel world. They have doubts in their minds about the reality of a place called heaven or even the reality of a place called hell. There are lots of doubts in their minds. And in the place of our doubts, we need to have faith. A man by the name of Alexander Smith once said, The saddest thing that can befall a man is when he loses faith in God and in woman. And then he continued, Lost I these gems. I would go wandering back into my childhood searching for them with tears. I think he's right. That the saddest thing could ever happen to an individual is when they lose their faith in God and in mankind, especially in God. The late Batsel Barrett Baxter wrote a book entitled, I Believe Because. And it was about his faith in God and why he believed in God. And somewhere in the introduction to that book, I recall a little story that he wrote about, about one of his students that he had had in Bible, who went off to graduate school, and in this school he lost his faith in God. He, he came back to see Brother Baxter to visit with him, and Brother Baxter asked him this question. In view of the fact that you say you know longer believe in God what do you see for the future and the young man's answer was nothing nothing in the place of our unbelief in the place of our skepticism in the place of the doubts that we might have may I urge us all to have a strong faith in the reality of Jehovah God. Listen to Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Let me read you a passage from the book of Hebrews. And there in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 4, the, the, the writer says, Every house is built by some man. Every house is built by some man. You know, that's just kind of common sense, isn't it? And God is the great designer of all things. He is the designer of the universe. God built it all. Every house is built by some man. But listen to him now. The rest of the verse. He that 
built all things is God. Imagine. Imagine this if you can. Be, being with a pilot and you're going out across the ocean. And the pilot says, you know, that there's an island down there. It's not a very large island. But, but that's not on the chart that I'm using. I, it's an uncharted island. And he, he reports that back to the tower. And they say, well, see if there's anyone living on that island. See if there's life down there. So the pilot turns the plane around because he just went over the island and he comes back and he flies low over it. There are palm trees growing on that island and he flies so low that the plane almost hits the top of the palm trees. And this is what he reports back to the tower. There's a little cottage down there. Cute little cottage. And there are flowers growing around the cottage. There's a sidewalk out in front of that cottage. And there are flowers, actually flowers, you can see them. They're growing alongside the sidewalk. And out in the back of that little cottage, there appears to be what I think is a garden. It looks like it's been worked very, very well. Now, here's my question. He was asked to find out if there's somebody living on that island. What's he going to tell them? Is there anybody living on that island? I said, well, of course there's somebody living on that island. Why is there somebody living on that island? Somebody had to build that house. It didn't just happen. You know, you're right. And there are flowers that have been planted around that house. You know, you're right. You're exactly right. And, and nobody just would think that those flowers just popped up alongside that sidewalk. As a matter of fact, no one would think that that sidewalk just popped up there on a little island, a deserted island somewhere. You see, somebody's down there. It took intelligent life build that house, plant those flowers, plant it and to grow that garden. And there took intelligence to create everything around us that's, that has design and design presupposes that there is a designer and that designer is God. I want you to know the greatest thing that you will ever do is the day that you put your doubts behind you. You, you put all of your skepticism behind you and you embrace God and you embrace God with a strong faith in Him. In these days we need strong faith in God and you ought to trust the Lord with all of your heart. I, I believe God. I, I believe what God tells me. I believe every word God tells me. Paul was on a boat and he was headed for Rome as a storm came up but see, there was an angel of God that stood by Paul and told him, everything's going to be all right. You're going to Rome, Paul. Don't worry about it. You're not going to be killed. Nobody else on that ship will be killed. 276 souls on that ship. Not a one of them is going to die as a result of that storm. And here's what Paul told those trembling sailors. Sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Well, what were you told, Paul? 
I was told we're going to Rome and none of us are going to die. So don't worry. Do you realize the safest place for Paul to be right then was on that boat? And the safest place right now for mankind is to have a strong faith in the one who built this world, who made this world, and the one before whom one day we're going to stand at last and give an account of our lives to him. I'd urge you with all the love of my heart to give your life to God, give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. God sent his son because he loved you enough to die for you. And in order to be saved, you must believe in Jesus with all of your heart. You must be willing to repent of all of your sins. You must be willing to confess your faith in Jesus Christ. And as a penitent, confessing believer, you're to be baptized, not because Brother Lambert said so, but because Jesus said it. He said, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. And I'm going to take Jesus' word. And I want to do what Jesus said. That's the way I please God. That's the way I please Jesus. And that's the way my soul can be saved. Yes, indeed, faith is the victory that overcomes. But time permitting, there's one other thing that faith will do for us. Faith will help us overcome such things as worry and anxiety and fear, frustration, Maybe that doesn't bother you, but, but it bothers a lot of people, doesn't it? A lot of people are troubled with all of those kinds of things. Faith, it, it helps us to overcome them. I'm afraid that Martha has a lot of brothers and sisters today who are troubled and careful about a lots of things. And the, the, the God wants us to live good, happy lives. Jesus did not come into this world that we might be miserable people. Jesus came into this world that we might have life and that we might have life more abundantly. He wants you to have the abundant life and you can have it. What we need to do is to have a faith in God. And when we have faith in God, it gives us a brighter future. When we have faith in God, it gives us hope for the future. When we have faith in God, we can see light at the end of the tunnel. Have faith in God. He said, Brother Lambert, I'm caught up in this worry business. I, I just don't know how to overcome it. Well, would it help if you had a biblical formula for it? So take your pencil and write this passage down. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, and verse number 7. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. And here's the blessing, verse 7. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. I made up my mind several years back that, that I wasn't going to stay awake at night with a lot of concerns on my mind. Someone says, well, do you ever have some? Well, absolutely. 
But I just refuse to let those concerns keep me awake. If there's something that's going to keep me awake, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to settle it, solve it, whatever it takes. But I don't see any point in me staying awake at night, tossing and turning and worrying about things. You see, friends, God's going to be up anyway. And why don't we turn those things over to Him? You're trying to do it yourself. Ask for help. Casting all of your care on Him, all your worry on Him, all your anxiety on Him. Why? Because He cares for you. God cares for you more than anybody else. And faith in God will help us to overcome the worries and the frustration and the anxieties and the fears that we may have in our hearts right now. Oh, you see why, why John said that faith, that faith is a victory that overcomes the world. And may, may I give you just one more point, and that point is this. Faith is the victory that will sustain you in the ultimate crisis of your life. We don't like to think about that ultimate crisis that is our death. But it's coming. And the older we get, the more we realize that we have more days behind us than we have ahead. And that which will sustain us in those times is the faith we have in God. Faith is a victory over death. Listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote about it. In Philippians 1.21, For to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And then in Philippians 1.23, I'm in a straight betwixt two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ. He said, which is far better. But then in verse 40, 24, he told them it was needful for him to abide and because he could still help them. But he said, it'd be far better if I went on to be with the Lord right now. And that which will sustain you in the dying hour is your faith. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why not? For thou art with me. Faith is the victory. May God bless you and thank you for watching today. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible. 
P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.